good Monday morning, beautiful morning here. And uh, I'm glad you're with me. I hope you've got a copy of God's Word. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. Um, You know, sometime in my devotional time, I'll not look at a verse per se, but occasionally I'll look at a word. I love word studies, linguistics, etymology. Uh, I love looking at the... um, the origin of the words, what the word means. And that's where I'm going to begin this morning. We're not going to look at a verse per se. We'll look at a number of them. So I hope you've got a copy of God's word. You've got a journal you can write in. I've shared with you, uh, I'm going to be reading out of Genesis a little bit to begin with. Uh, these are put out by Crossway. Crossway does not pay me to do this. They don't even know I do this. They don't even know who I am. But uh, these are great. These are little... Uh, scripture journals. You have the scripture on one side, you have a page to journal on the other. You can see what I'm doing here. Um, That may help you. Uh, For example, this is on Genesis. You can get these for all the books of the Bible uh, for around $4.99 on on, uh, Christian book distributors or order them directly from Crossway uh, for about seven or eight bucks. Uh, I I can write notes on a passage, which is what I've done. Now, the word we're going to look at this morning is beatitude, because tomorrow I'm going to kind of take you to some passages, begin uh, for the next week or so, to look at some passages that I call the beatitudes of the Old Testament. Now, when you say beatitudes, you normally think Matthew chapter 5, beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus begins, blessed are the poor in spirit, for uh, they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And we, we know all of those blessings there that he gives. That's literally where the word blessing comes from, or or beatitude comes from the word blessing. Uh, But where does that come from? Where does that whole concept of blessing come from? That's why you're going to need to go back to Genesis chapter 1, to the very first place that the word is, is used in Scripture. Now, let me, let me do something. Let me, let me show you because I said sometimes I'll do a word study, which is very, very rich. It's very enriching uh, for you to do, to take a word, to look at it, uh, like atonement or um, faith or the word bless. Uh, there are two words in the Hebrew for bless, and there are two words in the Greek for bless. In the Hebrew, the first word that you're going to come to, and we're going to come to this in um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, which is the first place that it's used, is barak. And the word barak literally means to praise, to kneel. It can mean to give adoration to, or to just simply to bless. Now, all of that is wrapped up in that word. Uh, the second word in Hebrew is eshir. Eshir is a Another word, to bless. That word has a little different color. It speaks of an internal happiness or an internal bliss or a praise uh, to God. Now, I, I have to stop right here, and I have to understand that there is a difference between the, the English word happiness and this word is sheer in Hebrew. Uh, which we translate sometimes as happy. There was a very famous preacher a number of years ago who wrote a book entitled The Be Happy Attitudes. Well, in a sense, that's right. But in a major sense, there is nothing between uh, blessedness and happiness in the way we understand it. The English word happy 
comes from the old English word hap, which means happenstance, circumstances, situation. I'm happy. I'm made happy. If you were to drive up in my front yard, hand me the keys to a 1957 T-Bird, I would be a happy man. And I would be happy until the state of Alabama sent me my tax assessment on it. And then I would be unhappy (laughs) because my happiness and unhappiness is created on external circumstances. Blessedness or happiness that comes out of the blessedness of life, you need to understand, has nothing to do with your circumstances, but has to do with your relationship to God. Now, I can be blessed and experience happiness, but I can experience happiness and not really grasp the whole concept of blessedness. So there are the two Hebrew words. Let me give you the two Greek words. Makarios is uh, the Hebrew word um, for, is the Greek word for blessed. And makarios means blessed, happy, fortunate. There's another word in Greek for blessed. Uh, it's the word uh, eulogia. Eulogia sounds like eulogy. Well, that's exactly where we get our word eulogy from, eulogia. And it too means blessing or praise or to act graciously toward or like a eulogy, good, positive, uplifting, encouraging words. So there there are the four words, two in Hebrew, two in Greek. Now let me take you to the first time that the word is ever used in scripture, which is very important. Um, I've shared with you the principle before that the first time that a word, a place, a person is used in Scripture, you need to note it because it will give you the foundation of the character of that idea or that person for the rest of Scripture. You come to Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, God has created all of the fish in the sea And he's created all of the fowl in the air, all of the birds of the air. And he comes in verse 22 and he says, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. It's the word there, barak. Now, let me take you to the second time that it's used. Still in that same chapter, Genesis 1, verse 28. He has made man in his image after his likeness. And he comes and he says in verse 28, And God, Barak, blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Now, notice what he adds here. Subdue it, have dominion over it. Now, let me take you to the third place that it's used. Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. God now has set aside the seventh day. On the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he restored on the seventh day. from all, He rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, the Shabbat, the Sabbath, and he made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, I want to go back and let me just take these three verses and let me show you something about God's blessing. He blesses the fish. He blesses the birds. 
And he says, I want you to multiply and I want you to fill the earth. I want you to be fruitful. What God was doing was this. He was giving them power to do what he had created them to do, what he intended for them to do. Now, the same thing is true in verse one, in chapter one, verse 28 of Genesis, where he creates man and woman. And he says, I want you to multiply. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to fill the earth. Then I want you to subdue it. And I want you to have dominion over it. In the blessing of God comes the power of God to do what God has created you to do and uh, what God intends for you to do. Then he comes to the Sabbath day and he blesses the Sabbath day. Now that's an inanimate object in a sense. It says he made it holy. His blessing made it holy. Now you stop and think about that. It was the blessing of God that makes holy. And he said, this is a holy day to me. And he imbued it with the power to do what he designed for the Sabbath to do. Now, I hope yesterday you observed the Sabbath. I hope you rested before God, which is, doesn't mean that you, you know, vegged out on the, on the sofa with a bunch of chips and some Rocky Road, and you binged watch Netflix television. There's a far different idea of rest. Uh, There is a rest that comes to your soul that will not come by watching television. Um, There's a rest that comes to your soul when you spend time in quietness waiting before God. It restores your soul. That's exactly what David was talking about in the 23rd Psalm. And the Sabbath, a Sabbath has the power and the blessing of God to convey that to you. Now, that's, that's the concept there of God's blessing, is that it includes the power, the ability, all of that uh, to accomplish what he's designed it to do. Now, I'm going to take you to a second idea about blessing, and that is we bless God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, the psalmist says, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, what is that doing when I bless the Lord? Does that mean that I am empowering God to do something? No, it's a totally different aspect of blessing. To bless God means, you remember, barak means to kneel. It means to give adoration to. It means to give worship to. It means to to praise and to honor. Every Jewish prayer had a section to it that was a blessing to God. The Jew would never pray that he did not bless God. Baruch, Ara Adonai Elohinu, Melech Ha'olam, bless the Lord, my God, King of the universe. Now, excuse my Hebrew, it's a little rough, but that's the blessing. They would always include a blessing to God, which always was this understanding that we're giving praise to God, honor to God, because he's blessed us. We come to bless him out of the fact that he has blessed us. That's the whole concept of giving. Why do I give back to God? Because everything that I have, God has given to me. 
So why do I go and bless God? I bless God because God has poured blessing on me. Now, this is a good place to stop and understand where does blessing come from? I think James chapter 1 verse 17 is about the clearest passage in all the Word of God for that. That every good and perfect gift comes down from above, uh, comes from above, coming from, coming down from the Father of lights. Now, I'm going to take you to Deuteronomy chapter 8, because God told Israel, uh, he told these Hebrews, Deuteronomy is deuteronomos in in the Greek. Deutero is second, nomos is law, second law. Moses is giving the law a second time now to this new generation that's going in the land. Remember, all the old generation had passed away. Everybody 20 and under uh, was, everybody 20 and above had died. Everybody that was left, that was 19 and younger, now they get to go into the land. And uh, as they're going to go into the land, I want you to remember what God says. I'm just going to read some of Deuteronomy 8. I want you to listen to this. He says, You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Uh, And he said, uh, he, He humbled you, letting you be hungry, but he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you're to know uh, in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. And he comes down and he says, verse 10 now, chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, he says God's going to take you into the land and he's going to give you all this good land and there, there are fountains and springs. They are flowing forth in valleys and hills, lands of wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, land of olive and oil and honey, a land where you'll eat food without scarcity in which you'll not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you've eaten and are satisfied, you will bless the Lord your God. You hear that? He said, for all of this blessing that I've given you, for the good land which he has given you. He says, for all of this that I have blessed you with, you turn around and you bless me. And then he warns them and he says, this is what you better not do. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I'm commanding you today. Otherwise, when you've eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them and your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold multiply, And all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud. You'll forget the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. And you are going to say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. See also America 2020, which may be part of the reason why we're going through what we're going through is that God says, I'll shut you down and I'll shut you down and I'll make you think about where every good thing came from, you bless me because I have blessed you. There's a word there. Now, what about our blessing each other? Uh, What about the times that we go by somebody, and I try to do this often and say, God bless you. Whenever we say to someone, God bless you, what we're 
essentially doing is we are, in effect, interceding for that person. And we're asking God's benediction, God's blessing, uh, God's beatitude for that person. Now, let me explain that just a little more, that when we say, God bless you, we need to understand that we're not saying, God bless whatever you desire to do, or God bless whatever you've got your hand in right now. That's not what it means. The blessing of God on another person means this. God bless you. God empower you. God impart to you His grace to understand His will for your life and the power to do what God has called you to do. You see, only in in this, only in seeking God's will, only in seeking to understand God's will for my life, will I understand God's plan for my life. Only then will I begin to know what it is God created me to do, gifted me to do, called me to do. And when I get involved in that, that is when God will bless. Not when I'm out here doing my own will. You know, so many times we'll come across somebody and say, well, you know, I just feel like I, I, this is what I want to do. I want to get doing this. I want to do that. I just, my heart has always been, I've always liked this may have nothing to do with God's will for them. You can't say God bless you in that. All I can say is, I pray that God will give you direction, that you will know what is God's perfect will for your life, that you will know and understand what it is that God's calling you to do. And at that point, I can say to you, God bless. Because in the blessing of God comes His capability to do what He's called you to do, and the capacity to withstand all the circumstances and situations that will work against you in the midst of doing God's will. Ah, there it is right there. Do you see that? The capability to do it and the capacity to endure the hardship of doing God's will so that God is blessed in what I do. I can promise you, to do God's will, you're going to face opposition, difficulty, struggle, hardship. Uh, You're going to face attacks of the enemy. But in doing God's will, His blessing on your life is that you are able in Christ to endure and persevere. When you find God's blessing, you have found God's will. And when you find that, you understand this, that He gives you more and more of His blessing when you're involved in doing His will. And His blessing always includes, remember, His power, His presence, and His peace. God bless you.